Hello and welcome. Welcome to Living Daily in Worthiness and Authenticity. I am your host, Bola Abimbola. I'm a business clarity and emotional freedom coach. I help you achieve emotional freedom from anxiety and grow your leadership confidence. This is a new series, is a new chapter. It's called Living from the Soul Center. I will be interviewing a number of women and men who are living their heart's desires, living from the soul, living their passion and doing it with such grace and panache. You will not want to miss this series. It is going to inspire and encourage you to live from your soul center and develop your intuition. So join me every week. New episodes will be released on Spotify at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings, British Standard Time. And I also invite you to check out my website, www.soulspacehealing.com. Today's episode is part two of the spirituality talk I'm having with Anne Hellyer. And today's title is Using Stillness as a Tool for a Soul-Centered Life. And I'll read Anne Hellyer's bio again today. Anne has been a teacher, senior lecturer in education, counselor and healer. She has given healing in several healing centers as well as having had her own healing practice. She has led healing retreat workshops, meditation groups, and women's circles. She has been actively involved with many organizations creating a more enlightened culture and a new way of being on earth, including the Lucy's Trust, the Reckon Trust, the Feroz Mita Trust, the White Eagle Lodge, the Oasis School of Human Relations, the Buddhist Hospice Trust, Humanities Team, Earth Rising, and Era of Peace. Anna has hosted gatherings for those wanting to share in deeper conversations about what really matters, and especially to share experiences of awakening to the truth of our being. She has led meetings in stillness to create space to be as we truly are, as well as leading gatherings to share in sacred co-creative space in order to experience what naturally and spontaneously arises from being in a loving, resonant field of energy together, where we come into the ever unfolding space of being through listening to the stillness and speaking from the stillness. One of the things she values above all else is the quality of deep listening. Anne is now 80 years old and is currently embracing aging in all these as aspects, especially the spiritual dimension, in order to come into joyful and creative aging and to be the awareness that includes all of our humanness and to be with that, that holds everything in its loving embrace. Wow, thank you, Anne. Thank you for joining me again. Bola, I'm happy and I'm very honored to be with you in this way. <laughs> I always love having conversations with you, always. <laughs> Thank you, same here, same here. You were my best favorite mentor. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So tell us, Anne, what is stillness and why do we need to bring stillness into our lives? Stillness is a vibrantly alive peace 
when you see the wonder of existence, and it is only ever in the now, in the present, that you can experience it. Stillness brings us a deep harmony and peace within. A Chinese poet once wrote, it is stillness that creates love. And as we know, it is love that heals. Yes. To enter stillness is to allow ourselves to be touched by silence and to discover the immense riches that flow from stillness. Hmm. Silence is often understood to be something negative, simply an absence of noise. True stillness is something positive, enriching, enlivening, and life-affirming. Mm. Stillness brings us to the heart of all things. Stillness is medicine and healing. And as we truly enter stillness, we, we discover that inner energies awake in us. Eckhart Tolle wrote, you are never more truly or fully yourself than when you are still. Yes. And what I understand him to mean by that is that when you are still, you can sense your essence identity, the I am, yes. the stillness that we are, the essence of beingness or presence. So when we get caught up in all the demands and bustles of life, yes. stillness changes us. Stillness is bringing us back to the stillness we already are. Mm. True silence unfolds our inner being, for it brings us to the deepest dimension of being we can ever imagine. It is said that silence is the greatest teaching and the greatest teacher. True silence opens the door to the very ground of our being, mm. from which springs forth a wellspring of harmony, um, peace, yes. balance, openness, clarity, love, compassion, wisdom, and joy. Yes. True joy arises when we are totally silent within. And when we um, live from the deepest place of our being, mm. then all our doing will have the most beautiful quality to it because it is informed by being and it's aligned to source. And it leads to what I've heard you often mention, Bola, inspired action. Yes. So tr true science is really abiding in what is always abiding. Yes. 
-hmm. And Bola, you and I, we've shared in many meetings in stillness. Mm -hmm. We've shared in groups where we've um, shared in silence together. We both know the power and the depth of silence. Yes. I know this to be your experience. Yes, yes, it's powerful. It's powerful. And I think what you said about inspired action is that sometimes we just react. Something happens around us and we react. And we don't really take time to remember our values or remember the things that we all dear to ourselves. We just instantaneously react. And I think for me, inspired action is when we take just that one second to pause and go within. And what we are connecting within is the stillness that reminds us of the values that we hold, reminds us of, of the empowered beliefs that we have, the things that we have said we want in our lives, our preferred experience, that is held in our stillness within. And we just take one second to pause and we go in and we come out with inspired action. Something that we do that we have no regrets about, we have no shame about, is exactly aligned to our truth, to mm -hmm. our truth. So yes, yes, thank you, and that is so wonderful. This is, this is why we do need to bring stillness into our lives. Mm -hmm. this, is the, this is the value, the value of it. But what would you say, what would you say, Anne, are the riches and gifts Inspired stillness, inspired action is one. But what are the riches and gifts that flow to us from stillness? I'd love to Actually, hear. there are so many other gifts and riches that flow to us from stillness, apart from it giving us deep peace and an inner harmony. If that wasn't enough. <laughs> stillness. You want more and more. <laughs> stillness brings us to inspiration imagination, insight, intuition, and creativity, which all arise from the space of stillness, where an opening to something new comes forth. Mm. In the stillness of stillness, intuition flowers, yes. a deep intuitive inner knowing arises from this greater intelligence. The insight comes from nowhere, it just arrives. And often a solution to a problem we've been mulling over presents itself. And a new way of seeing how to overcome a difficulty is seen. Yes. So when we're really in touch with that, with it, that intuitive inner knowing, solutions arise. Yes. And you know, so often in our strident, adversarial, and often racy world, we become hyperactive and overstimulated, mm -hmm. which creates a much lower form of consciousness. Mm. There's a Tibetan saying that goes something like this. Um, signs from the soul come silently 
as silently as the sun enters a darkened world. Mm. A flash of insight comes, yes. it just emerges. Yes. So we can tap into so much through stillness, yes. especially our inner guidance. Mm. You know, sometimes when we're going through difficulty, we're trying to figure things out with the mind, and there's a place for that. Yes. But sometimes it helps to put the mind aside, to rest the mind, come into stillness, because we are part of a great universal field of energy that knows. Yes. And silence aligns us to the energy impulses coming from the greater self. Yes. Silence brings us to our soul. And it is said that the soul always holds the pure essence that guides us in the best possible way. Yes. So we can ask for inner guidance in the stillness. Sometimes there may be a time of not knowing, and that's fine. There's great potential in not knowing. Yes. But sometimes we go through that not knowing and then something will reveal itself about perhaps a new direction we need to take or, or whatever. And, you know, there's a universal truth. Mm. Ask and it is given. So asking for inner guidance, especially in times of confusion and difficulty, can be really helpful yes. as we cultivate a deep inner listening and a deep inner knowing. But there's still another gift that stillness gives us. Yes. Um, you know, through stillness, we can see immense beauty. And the reason for that is because stillness brings an attentiveness with which we can see the essence and beauty of all things. Many years ago, I took part in a retreat with Guru Mahachid from the Siddha Yoga tradition, which is a very beautiful Indian tradition. And after a time of meditation, I came out of the meditation hall and I was offered a cup of tea and the tea tasted like nectar. Mm. And my whole body was filled with light. Mm -hmm. It was as though every cell, the trillions and trillions of cells that make up our body yes. was flowing with light. Yes. And there was an incredible lightness of movement. Mm. Your movement has a very great flow to it. It's very visceral. And every gesture held so much. And I looked out into the garden, and even the tiniest dewdrop sparkling in the sunshine was throbbing with an aliveness. Mm. And everything I saw held such beauty and what I would call holiness. Mm. I was transported into a field of aliveness and oneness. 
Yes. And we can all reach into this when there is an opening into the richness of being which comes from stillness. So when we're deeply connected to the stillness within ourselves, we see the exquisite beauty of a curled autumn leaf or the exceptional blueness of the sky mm. or the intricate pattern of white frost on leaves or the smooth and gentle contour of a hill and shining dewdrops on delicate cobwebs after dawn. And as we know, beauty expands the heart. Mm. And through the seeing of beauty, we can feel a connection with the infinite and the mysterious. It, indeed, we can experience the depth and mysteriousness of our own being. And that opens us to the question, are we life itself? Or are we just living a life, a mundane life? Yeah. And Bola, I, I know you know exactly what I'm speaking about. <laughs> you know, the, what it is to come into a fully, deeply lived life. Yes. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I think sometimes we forget we forget who we are, that we are actually all that is, that we are life. And somehow we are conditioned. We just grow forgetting somehow. We, I think there's just something about the energy, the duality that exists on the plane that must seem like an adventure before we come. It must seem so exciting for us to come and just forget ourselves and find ourselves again somehow. I think somewhere along the line, we, we thought this would be a wonderful adventure. <laughs> and then we arrive here and, it's, and it's, it is an adventure, but it takes a lot for us to move beyond the trust that we lose. It takes a lot for us to really move beyond that fear of the unknown, because it is unknown. Stillness is an unknown place to go. What is known to us more is the chaos, the chaos and the conflict. And that seems to be much more what we are familiar with. Mm. And I think when we come to that place where we resolve, we align our mindset. This is the, the work that I love to do. I love to really empower men and women from more walks of life to, to really align the mindset, to be in a more learning um, empowering mindset, loving, compassionate mindset that allows us to resolve the fears and the triggers that we have learned and conditioned ourselves with. And um, when we resolve these fears and triggers, that is when we are able to step into the unknown and we trust more and we can really enjoy the riches, all the wonderful riches Mm -hmm. and the gifts and they don't seem so woohoo after all they are things that really help us to try they really help us to um, reduce the strife that we that we tend to have 
you know when we we're just wanting different things we're wanting you know more financial freedom we're wanting that twin partner we're wanting that you know wonderful life with ease and flow and um it is when we step into that stillness that we get the solutions we problem solve we have more creative self-expression we get on more with other people we make really powerful networks and contact with people we have more rapport we listen more. We feel quieter within ourselves to listen more, to connect, to motivate others, to kindle, to rekindle um, that spark in others. People want to hang around us. You know, they want to be with us. That is when we make good in business. That is when people want to trust us with their money. That is when we really see the big ideas. We, we step beyond beyond the small things, beyond the kind of mediocre things. So it's not a woo-woo idea at all. For me, stillness has helped me in my legal cases. It's helped me to live the day-to-day, -day, the day-to-day -day grind. Being a mother of a son with special needs helped me to step beyond the reality of one challenge or another. It is amazing, it is amazing. So yes, yes. I am a soul converted. <laughs> you have put it so very beautifully. You make, make such a beautiful expression of what we're exploring together. Yeah, oh, bless. You inspire me. You inspire me, Anne. Um, so I'll ask you this then. How do we best? Because, you know, we, we forget who we are sometimes and how do we best deal with those times when we are going through a whirlwind? And um, tell us a good way of how to be with what arises for us. You know, it's it, it can be tough, it can be tough. And I know you've, I've learned a lot from you, but tell us, in order for us to, to be in a more centered place within ourselves, how do we best deal with these times? It's so important what you're asking, because what are those moments when we cannot feel a deep inner peace, centeredness and presence, when life is not hunky-dory and mm. it's certainly not a bed of roses? You know, those times when we feel unsettled and restless, mm. when the mind is racing and the emotions are raging and everything seems very unresolved. Yes. As you were saying, sometimes life can be tough, very tough. Yeah. It can be very challenging and we have to face a lot of difficulty. And in my experience, it's particularly when we're going through those kinds of times that we need to embrace the vulnerability of being human mm. because all that shows up may be aggravation, frustration, confusion, sadness, loneliness, fear, mm. even despair, yeah. especially when we're going through a time of difficulty. And I think it's worth remembering that it's the limited mind that gets overwhelmed by events, things, and emotions. Mm. 
Mm. And the mind begins to weave its stories and it creates fear, panic and anxiety. So when we're going through difficult times, perhaps a personal crisis, we are often pushed to our edge and it can be very challenging emotionally because uncomfortable emotions arise. Yes. Now, the crisis may be bringing some of us to a deeper healing within ourselves where we need to be in the presence of those who can truly meet us mm. and who understand what we're going through and help us discover what is stealing our peace so we can heal, grow and evolve. Mm. It's said that a crisis is a birth. It's a birth into something new. Mm. So when things fall apart, we're often on the verge of something and we can do a lot to help ourselves. So how can we be with those difficult emotions that steal our peace so they don't overwhelm us? We learn to simply be with whatever arises in the moment. We can't bypass those difficult emotions. If you try to push them away, they will push back. So we bring the uncomfortable emotions into a loving and aware spaciousness. We welcome whatever is arising in us. If we want to be whole, we can't exclude anything that is surfacing. These emotions are coming to the surface to be liberated. It's part of the process of liberating our conditioning and our beliefs. Yes. So we're not trying to fix anything or push anything away or control anything. It, because it just doesn't work. Yes. We're simply giving these emotions space to be. So every feeling and thought is a visitor. So just say, welcome, come and sit with me. It needs to be sat with. It is all part of what is. Mm. So we open to it. We bring a softness to it and we allow it to be. And we do that without getting into any story about it. it what I mean by that is where we say, he shouldn't have done that to me or it should have been like this. That doesn't help us. Just drop that and dive into whatever is arising. The anger, the fear, the frustration, whatever. And it may feel a little uncomfortable, but don't abandon yourself in that place. And allow the healing compassion to emerge from within you and embrace and cradle the emotional disturbance in love. It is love that heals. The emotion will gradually dissolve 
and peace will be restored as we meet it in unconditional love. Mm. And if memories arise, just allow that without reaching for anything and discover what we can discover then is what lies underneath all the emotions and widen into a deeper space in which all the experience is arising. So we can learn to ground ourselves in a depth of heart that is deeper than all the fluctuating emotions and rest in the very source of peace. Mm. So these emotions are a portal into something deeper. Yes. And we come into greater emotional freedom. Now, Bola, I know you know a great deal about emotional freedom. Indeed, yes. all your work or much of your work is based about enabling people to come into emotional freedom. Yes. Because, yes. you know, we often, um, we, there's so much unnecessary suffering because people are stuck in emotion and they haven't found a way to move themselves out of that into something uh, more, uh, something deeper in their being. So, um, but, but I know you know intimately about ways, how to come into greater emotional freedom. Oh, oh, yes, yes. This is because of my struggles, because of the struggles that I had over the many years, over decades. I, I really came to, to a place where I really do, um, I became very familiar with emotional turmoil. Um, and the toolkits, the toolkit that I've developed over the years, um, the biggest one, I think, for me is just knowing what we think. That thing you said about what is the source of objection with it? What is the cause? Letting go of the narrative, letting go of the story, letting go of the drama. That is so key, giving ourselves permission to do that. And I think the... The tool of journaling, journaling is such a powerful tool, which just allows us to see, to, to bring to the surface those, those hidden, hidden thoughts, what we're thinking. We see it. We see it in what we write. Journaling every day, even if it's 10, 20 minutes, finding the time to do that is so key. It's a powerful tool. It really brings all the, all the kind of um, limiting beliefs, the blocks, the the, the conditioning that is creating the emotions, creating the, you know, the feelings within us. It's because of what we are perceiving, how we are perceiving, the definitions that we hold. And I find journaling as a very powerful tool that brings all that to the surface. And it is in that time that we can then begin to choose something different. First, we have to delve into it, write it out, draw it, sing it, dance it, you know, feel it. We have to really understand it. So it's not about what's going on around us. It's about what's going, us, going on within us. And it's only when we see, when we actually see and feel and, and understand 
the thoughts that we hold within, that we can begin to say, oh, I don't want to think that anymore. Oh, I didn't know I thought that way. I didn't know I was still believing. I didn't know I didn't like blue because blue was the color of Uncle, jo Uncle Joe's jacket the day you told me off when I was five years old. That's why I don't like the color blue. Actually, I don't think I mind the color blue now. You know, the things we, the things we are choosing to do now, there are behaviors that we have now that are being driven and directed by beliefs we would not believe, by beliefs we don't even know we have. And when we begin to see that deep within our subconscious, using different tools, I have a number of tools I use in my, in my sessions with my clients, then we can begin to choose. We can begin to have affirmations and you know, spoken belief systems, subliminal audios. There's so many different things we can use that begins to rewire the brain, begins to rewire the way we think and change our habits. And research does show that it does take about 66 days for us to begin to think differently. With you doing the same thing, you know, the beliefs, the journaling, and breathing. Breathing is another powerful tool. When something happens that has shocked us, or is a surprise, or we're overwhelmed, in that trigger, in that moment of trigger, just breathing, taking a pause, and remembering the values into stillness, and we come out a different, a different response, a different way. So yes, yes, I, I am very much into emotional freedom because it is the one, one, one approach that I had, I had to, to really delve into it in order for me to, to feel joy, in order for me to feel ease and flow. So yes, thank you, Anne. Honestly, you do inspire me so much. And as you were saying, yeah. when we get insight into our own, what might be called energy patterns, when yeah. we have real insight into that, we have choice. Choice is yes. wonderful. We can choose. Yeah. And it says, I've often heard it said, we are the product of our choices. Yes. What we, how we choose, what we choose to give our attention to. Um, is going to make a very big difference to our lives. Yes, yes. For instance, you know, you have a couple who, you know, and, you know, there, it's always the honeymoon phase that's really lovely. And then the honeymoon phase begins to fade. And in the sense that you begin to see changes in the other one. And those changes kind of throw us off, key, you know, off kilter for a bit. And we can choose. We can choose to focus on the changes we are seeing and amplify those changes, the contrast. Or we can begin to focus on the preferred, the preferred dream, the preferred reality. And this is about our beliefs. This is about what we affirm. What do we affirm? Even when we look around us and we do not see what we prefer, what are we focusing on? We can still, even then, choose when everything is falling apart, still choose, write it down, put it on a post-it, stick it on a fridge, stick it somewhere, a picture of a wonderful holiday when there's, when it looks like you will never be able to get a holiday, you know, just to remind ourselves that this is still a possibility. And I think that choice is something that we sometimes forget that we can 
choose, we can have. We want someone else to give it to us. We want someone else to, to kind of give us permission to have it. But it's up to us. It's up to us. So, so and I think it also helps to understand that the whirlwind is all part of the comings and goings of life, you know, as things constantly shift, move and change. And we can find that within us, which is deeper than any whirlwind that can actually hold everything in its loving embrace. And since this, this whirlwind is like the storm waves at the top of the ocean, but deeper down is what is constant, permanent, ever the same, unchanging. There is something deeper to connect with below the surface of things. And the shortest phrase in the Bible is, it will pass. Yeah. These emotions and all that's fleeting will pass, but we need to embrace them, you know, so that they can come, so that we can come into greater emotional freedom. Yes. And consciousness will use everything it can to bring us to itself, to yeah. bring us into more consciousness. And we grow through adversity. Great awakenings happen through adversity. So when I feel shaken and vulnerable, what can I constantly return to? And we can open up to this deeper dimension within us, which is beyond the limited mind, beyond the emotions, to help us navigate these difficult times yes. and come into peace again, into a calmer center within. Yes. Oh, that is so true. That is so powerful. That is so helpful. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. And um, what are you currently doing now, Anne? Well, currently, um, well, let me say, the world, it needs a great influx of light. Yes. Light overcomes everything. It overcomes all darkness. So at the moment, I'm involved with Era of Peace with oh. Patricia Cota Robles, where thousands of light workers around the world are sending light every single day to uplift human consciousness yes. and to assist in co-creating the patterns for the new earth. Because as we know, yes. healing is an inside job and no outer change will occur until this deep inner change. Yes. And we need a planetary awakening in love and wisdom yes. so humanity can make a huge quantum leap to co-create a new earth based on deep universal truths. So that's what I'm currently doing but once lockdown is over i'm hoping to be part of small intimate groups again yes where we can meet in very heartfelt authentic ways for intimate contact and sharing yes i i i, I enjoy enormously that kind of connection and mm. i i 
feel it's very important to be in the presence of those who are conscious and awake because we can learn so much from each other, from each other's wisdom, from each other's experience. Yes. It's such an enriching thing to do. It's wonderful. It is. The reflection. The reflection is, is so powerful because um, it is a part of us that we are perceiving, but it's also a gift that we receive because we are able to connect more and more with different parts of us through the reflections with others, you know, in thoughts, in deed, you know, what they're doing. When we see what they're doing, it reminds us of something that we did or we want to do. Or when they say something, it reminds us of something we've forgotten or something we want to say and own. So those, those gatherings, um, I, I, I really do cherish them as well. And the, the era of peace that you mentioned, um, is this um, a worldwide gathering or is it just here in the UK? Oh, it's worldwide. Mm -hmm. There are thousands of light workers right around the world every day sending out light, a very high vibration, because as we know, the world is full of negativity. We can't make a quantum leap. Humanity can't make a quantum leap until all that negativity is transmuted yeah. and light helps to lift it to the surface so it can be seen and it can be released. Yes. It, it, it's very important work. Actually. It is. It is. It really yeah. is. Thank you, Anne. Thank you for all the work that you're doing, you know, sending light and really encouraging us to go deeper because the messages that you have shared over the years, you know, over four or five years that I've known you, it's on stillness has really helped me to, to connect. I remember you saying many years ago, you said, you know, I was saying something, I can't remember what I said. It was, it was something around um, how, will, how will I know when stillness is, is doing what it should do. Um, how will I know when it's me? How will I know when it's stillness? How do I differentiate between the two? And you said something that I that I uh, I have not been able to forget, and it's really helped me. And you said just just surrender to it. Just let it do what it needs to do. If you just allow, set an intention. Set an intention that. You're allowing stillness to drive your day. Let it step in, let it step out. Let it step into your day and let it step out of your day. And you will find that stillness drives you. And I'm not sure if I'm, ex you, you know, you said it much better than I'm doing. You said it so much better. Um, and the way you said it really helped me to, to understand about our infinite intelligence. Um, which dwells in stillness can drive our day to day um, when we surrender. We don't even have to think about it. We don't have yeah, to it's, yeah. what, the, as you say, the, the world needs stillness. I mean, yes. I, I, actually, I heard of um, a friend whose husband was a doctor, is a doctor, 
and he was feeling very stressed at work. Not, of course he would, because there's such stress at the moment in the NHS. Yes. And his wife put a little app on his smartphone, which was a kind of little meditation for two or three minutes. And she said, in between each patient, just put that app on and be still. And he said, I can't possibly do that. <laughs> and she said, yes, you can. And he did it. And between every patient, he just put on this little meditation and it quietened him. And of course, that would affect enormously the quality of his contact with the next patient. Yes. So it's just like bringing moments of stillness into our everyday lives, as you were speaking about earlier. Yes. We can learn to kind of discover the stillness that's within us, even when we're washing up or gardening, just to bring those moments of stillness into our day, as well of, as, of course, as, as having, you know, um, times that we set aside for meditation and, yes. and for quietness and stillness, and just simply being still. It's such a beautiful practice yes. just to be still and do nothing. And life doesn't get boring because someone might think, oh, will life get boring? I don't think so. I certainly still enjoy doing a lot of things. I still enjoy doing, you know, a lot of bungee jumping. I still enjoy doing things that are exciting, you know. And I think it's about really understanding what our priorities are even more. There's the clarity that comes. And we're less, um, we're less about pleasing others. We're less about following our peers. And we're more about understanding our own truth. This is what it's about. Because sometimes we find that all the excitement, you know, that we crave for, it's not really true to us. It's because we're seeking some validation. It's because we're seeking something. We're seeking acceptance. But when we begin to receive that acceptance from our own self, when we begin yeah. to get really intimate with our own inner being, with our own inner child, we have such clarity. And yes, we may still get involved in things that are exciting. You know, I still want to learn to fly a plane, for instance. That would be nice someday. You know, I just love the thought of that. But it's really about becoming more in tune with what is true to us, what is true to us, as we really delve into, into that story. So the soul-centered life is not boring. It's just clear. It's clear and it's easy and it's full of excitement. Still, still so excited. Um, so yes, yes. Did you want to add anything else? But just to respond to what you said when, you know, we often look for happiness out there in the future. Yes. But you never find happiness in that way. In fact, it, it creates more confusion because happiness, joy is within. It, it's, it's within our being. And um, it is so rich. It's actually called a kingdom of God. And it's called a kingdom because it's so rich. Yes. And we can all access that within our own being. 
Yes. And I think Christ said something about build your house on rock, not sand. And what I understand him to mean by that, he's urging us to come into our own being, the depth of our being, yes. To, yes. To, 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 to find that deeper dimension, which is deeper than thought, deeper than emotion, deeper than our physical bodies, yes. you know, to really find um, the sweetness of stillness within and everything that it brings. Oh, I love that. Build your Build your house on a rock, not sand. Yes, yes. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you so much. And I look forward to having more of these chats with you. I know that you're very busy right now. and um, But I will be knocking on your door for part three very soon. <laughs> It would be a great, I can't wait to do it, <laughs> because I love these kind of conversations, but just at the moment I've got to focus on some things I need to do. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a great pleasure, and I just hope you'll go from strength to strength in all that you're doing. Bless you. <laughs> thank you, Anne. Thank you. And I want to say thank you to my listeners and the audience. And I look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Living from the Soul Center. Bye-bye.